Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. The college basketball tournament bubble watch a bit too early if we were discussing this two weeks ago. Not anymore. OutKick 360 rolls on across the OutKick network. Welcome to hour number two. We'll talk NFL free agency and give you a primer coming up in about 20 minutes. But first we discuss the big news and headlines from today across college basketball. Texas A&M squarely on the bubble. They get a massive victory today in the SEC tournament as things tipped off in the quarterfinals down in Tampa. They get the win over Auburn. And A&M advances. They'll take on the winner of the game being played right now, Arkansas and LSU, uh, playing for the rights to move on to the semis tomorrow. Another team that won earlier today is Indiana. They win over Illinois. They win 65-63. They get the winner of Iowa Rutgers, and Iowa's pulling away in that game now. Uh, looking at it, in, with eight minutes remaining, Iowa leads 69-57 over Rutgers, another bubble team. But it appears as though Iowa advances. They'll get Indiana. Indiana, Chad, is right there on the line. Some have them among the first four out. Some have them the last four in. But they're a victory away from securing that and locking themselves into the tournament. After last week where, I mean, everybody, including Dan Dockett, Dan Dockett is saying, this is, a, this is horrible. How can Indiana continue this streak of not – uh, being uh, playing competitive football, uh, uh, basketball down the stretch of the season. But here they are making a run in their own Big Ten tournament with a chance to play in the semis. I know Lenardi has Indiana still as the last team in, but that didn't change. They're the last team in after yesterday's win. They're still the last team in after a win over Illinois, which I'm surprised they didn't move up more with that win. Uh, but that's just with lack of movement around them. So Indiana with a big one today over Illinois. You mentioned A&M. A&M. Jerry Palm has them in. Joe Lenardi has them out right now. It is all Arkansas in the second half. It's a 16-point lead now for the Razorbacks, 42-26 over Will Wade and LSU. If you are one of those, a fan of one of those teams, A&M, Indiana, Rutgers, you know, name a team close to the bubble right now, you are rooting against Vandy and Penn State. Because if I am looking at a possible bid thief right now, that's playing really well in a conference tournament. Penn State's won a couple games and looked good and got an upset last night. And Vandy, if they beat Kentucky today, if they beat Kentucky, they can beat anyone yep. in this tournament. But they'd have to win the tournament, no? Oh, absolutely. Yes, but, I mean, we've seen it before. Again, Georgia uh, has done it. Uh, Mississippi State beat Tennessee in a championship game one year, had to win it to get to the NCAA tournament. So it's happened before. Uh, it could happen again. But you root against, again, if you're a bubble fan of a bubble team, especially if you're not still playing, A&M, the beauty with them is they're still playing. They got a chance at another big win with whoever they end up playing tomorrow, the winner of this game. So A&M could, I think, leave no doubt 
with a win over Arkansas tomorrow, right. for instance, after beating Auburn today. Uh, it's still going to be interesting on Selection Sunday. They're going to be sweating it out if they lose tomorrow to Arkansas. But, you know, Vandy's got to win it all. Penn State's got to win it all. These are teams that are nowhere near the bubble or getting into the tournament. But if they win their conference tournament, obviously, they're, a, they're an automatic qualifier. It's a fun time of year. Um, it's nerve-wracking when you follow one of those bubble teams and you really get into the weeds of who you should be rooting for and rooting against because that's where it becomes complex and you end up watching a lot of basketball because you're rooting against certain teams to help your team. You're also rooting for all of these number one seeds that would get in in smaller conferences to go ahead and win their conference tournament so you don't have a bid thief in the end that wins it and then they still get an a, a, a uh, at large bid as well. Guys, you know I've long said for the last few years that ESPN wants, Disney wants to move Monday Night Football to ABC. And that's happening. The reason that's happening, they're paying Troy Aikman, and according to Andrew Marshan, they're bringing Joe Buck with him. Joe Buck is going to be the voice of Monday Night Football and is expected to join ESPN on a massive contract. Monday Night Football is going to ABC and don't be shocked if they have two games per week, one on ESPN, one on ABC. So the ABC crew would be Buck and Aikman, yes, and then the ESPN crew would stay Steve Levy and his gang? Yeah, but I would think that would have to be CBA'd to, to get a second game on Monday, player-wise. Yeah. I would think there would need to be cooperation with the league to make that happen. And how much is the league willing to listen to their – television partners well, I think the league would go for it I, I don't the players, know if the PA yeah. would would have to to come about do not be shocked if they if they try to add another primetime game on Monday and that 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 mark you're not putting that game just on ESPN um that crew that that crew is network and I I'm all for it I'm all for the two games staggering the two games this will ensure you're going to have a great game on Monday night when the schedule comes out. And then you have that second-tier game that ESPN had three years ago that you don't know if it's going to be good or not. But that's the Steve Levy. And keep in mind, Brian Greasy's now, a head, he's uh, he's now an assistant coach in San Francisco. So it's... it's um, who is the other... It's Levy and Riddick. Uh, Lewis Riddick, that's right. Yeah, Lewis Riddick. Yeah. Sometimes better than two. I think Marshand also uh, reported lately, I meant to circle around to this, that, that Fox ultimately did not make an offer to Aikman. So I don't know if they just knew that he was No, that's what he Aikman, said. Aikman said. Oh, that. Aikman, Aikman said that. Aikman said that he thought that Fox would make an offer or give him a reason to stay, and they didn't. And so he took the offer with, with ESPN and Disney. Meanwhile, Buck was under contract for an extra year, and it sounds like ESPN's buying that year out. Yeah, ESPN, so you could trade. I've, I've heard rumors of a trade where ESPN Disney has to give up properties. This could be something where Fox becomes it gets control of some Disney property. Um, we've seen this before with an announcer. Al Michaels, Al Michaels for the, yeah. the rabbit that uh, preceded yes. So there could be that Bunch or there could bunny. be straight cash involved to buy, buy him out. To Oswald get that. the magic rabbit. There you go. Has there ever or will there uh, – the answer is no to has there ever been. Will there ever be a better time to be a top-tier football, television, NFL talent with Amazon getting into the game, with all of this going on, all the musical chairs? I don't know that we'll ever see this. It is amazing the level of – 
trying to be the entity. One-upsmanship. And just spending whatever, regardless of what makes sense. They will give you whatever to win the headline and to get the guy they want. There's a very small network. pool of that, though. Oh, uh, yeah, the, the absolutely. small pool of talent that can do this. The rest are just trying to get the regional matchups weekly. Yes. This is by That's far. what I'm saying. I'm talking about the top-tier, upper-crust, elite, national NFL television broadcast crews. They'll never have it better than they have it right now. But the, but the cream of the crop, they're trying to pick from guys who are currently in the league. It's not the guys who have been rotating or jumping from Fox to CBS or CBS to ESPN. Um, they're, they're after they're trying to lure McVeigh after winning a Super Bowl to join Amazon. They're trying to lure Sean Payton not just for a year, but make this a ten-year run as an analyst. Um, it's more than just going after Aikman or Nance or Romo and guys who you know, uh, uh, Kurt Warner, guys who have been doing this for a while. They're now trying to pick guys out of the league to see if they can pay them more than whatever they're getting and have it easier, where every week you win. You don't lose whenever you're calling a game on TV. I don't think uh, ESPN has any – I mean, they like Levy, clearly, but they haven't had any loyalty to guys in the booth as they've churned it and churned it. This is the best booth, obviously, with Buck and Aikman that they've had in a long, long time. They finally kind oh, of have is- a home run booth. And uh, part of Buck also was surprised that he's given up baseball and some other things his wife works for espn so well i bet that's convenient for them this is the best booth they've had i don't know you know they'll find other stuff for levy and uh i think joe buck will be doing other things too yeah yeah but i mean mean, he's definitely doing that monday night game that's his property yeah Yeah. and um he could still do baseball but they've already said he's not doing sunday night baseball for espn yeah well that'd be a tough back-to-back at stretches though guys do crazy back-to-back things all the time. We haven't uh, talked part about Part of this Herb was Street. rumored he's going to be uh, sort of the way Rinaldi put together the All Madden documentary for Fox. Right. He's going to be that for ESPN+. Plus. He's going to produce some ideas he has and shows or films for ESPN+. Plus. And we haven't talked about Herb Street going to Amazon, where ESPN's going to allow him to spread his wings to NFL. He's going to be a busy guy. Talk about somebody doing back-to-back where he's doing Thursday night uh, – NFL, yep. and then Saturday morning, obviously, one of their biggest properties, and then Saturday afternoon or night, their their biggest college game on, on uh, ABC. Um, that's a big couple days for Herb Street, but Amazon wanted to hit a home run. They're waiting on their play-by-play guy, but they've got their color analyst um, and, and a good one. I mean, I think he's terrific on any game. Well, he gets. I mean, a, he's a third or fourth option, and he's a great option. Yeah, these networks now are in the. the they're just outbid, trying to outbid for the people that everyone knows that we know are good. I mean, all these these broadcasters are great that they're outbidding the other one for and paying all this money. There is another strategy here, though, and I'm curious to see if Fox or someone takes it. And that is, if you have an eye for talent, you can be a kingmaker here. You don't have to overspend. You can go get a great broadcaster or someone who just retired that you feel like could be the next Tony Romo and be very good and not get into this bidding war with the other networks, now you're going to have to eventually pay the piper. After a five-year deal when they are the best, if you feel like you can properly find talent, then you're going to have to either pay them or they're going to go and it's going to go right back into that spin cycle 
of bidding wars for other networks. Doesn't seem that it doesn't. My that. point is, you don't have to if you are a network. Just outbid for the top six or seven people. You could go decide these. These two are going to be in the mix next. It doesn't seem that they've Because we that. have a great television product and a great window, and we know how good they are. We're going to pay them well, and people are going to watch, and they're going to rave about them the same way they rave about Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. It doesn't seem like they've considered that for some reason. Here's another thing. Fox I would, may be considering I would do that, if I'm them. Greg Olson's about to get I elevated, would, for instance. I would if I'm Amazon, because... You know, these, these streaming services don't have straight-out ratings numbers the way, uh, quote-unquote, over-the-air thing does. If I'm Amazon, I start with the second broadcast right away. Not a main cast, but something creative. I would do an analytics broadcast, right? And I don't think that would have great ratings, but I think it would have a core niche audience that wants and craves to see that kind of thing that's giving me probabilities and should they go for it here and why not with with a really smart person who's talking you through all of that throughout a broadcast that's different. And I could stack those numbers together and tell you, between our two broadcasts, we got this. And, uh, Chad, it wouldn't be a big deal in the course of things, but what am I doing? That niche loves me now because I'm the first person that's gone that direction and finally acknowledged that there's a, a population out there that's dying to hear about that stuff in-game and not just follow it on some secret Twitter thread. And I'm sure that this happens on Twitter or somewhere where you have these types of discussions. I like the analytics idea. Take another step, it's just part of analytics, but an in-game gambling aspect to it. Do that one too. If you had two people who were really good at communicating numbers and probabilities, and you could tell me during a football game, hey, it's 14 nothing right now in the first quarter, but given this team's track record and given what we've seen with these numbers – this is the probability if you lay a $10 bet right now on the team that's behind of what could happen. Or this so-and-so is, is going to catch now, a lot of balls the rest of the way. This is what the over-under looks like now after this hot start from this team. Um, there's going to be a market for that. Is it niche? Sure. Is it profitable if done the right way? Niche and with the right, with the right sports book partnered with it? I think absolutely. And if you're one of these streaming services – you could do three or four of these versions of a, of a broadcast where you're talking about different elements. What this also tells us is Al Michaels is headed to Amazon. That, uh, they haven't named that guy yet, but he was being mentioned for both. And, and with this up. window now being um, closed, uh, I mean, what Fox has done is allowed Buck to go into contract negotiations with ESPN. That means that a deal is expected to happen fast. Um, and that, that, um, Musical chairs that was are granted up. today. So Al Michaels is about to be paired with Herb Street. That's, that's the announcement that's, that's next here. And then we learn about what happens with Fox. But although, I mean, Fox could turn around and offer Al Michaels something. I mean, there's nothing could that would keep them from doing that. So, yeah, and that's, that's why I throw out that, that separate strategy we're not seeing right now. You're right, Hutton. They may not have that strategy at all. They may be making a pitch for Al Michaels right now. But I don't think it's the dumbest thing if you're Fox – or any network to say, we've done a pretty good job picking talent in the past. When people didn't really know who they were at the time, we can do it again. Well, keep this in mind. Fox has the Super Bowl next year. They're not just going to elevate some random dude you've never heard of. Let's put it that way. They have the Super Bowl properties for the next two years. and Two they've out of got three. A, uh, two out of three, and they've got a chance to really make a, a splat... Al Michaels, who we thought just called his last Super Bowl, could call one next year for Fox now. 
hypothetically, as I look through and, and well, see Fox should nothing's go after been announced. I, I would expect, though, right now, Greg Olson to be part oh, of the main on. broadcast. He's the new Troy Aikman now at Fox from how highly they, they speak of him. Uh, and he's a confident dude talking about his abilities and what he wants to do next in broadcasting. I think Tony Romo is something different. The rest of them are not that different from one another. That, 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 uh, for millions of dollars different. Tony Romo also, and maybe it's because we've just had more time and more, there's more inventory to study with him now, is, has gone down in my book. There, there were multiple moments this year where I'm thinking, does this guy know the rules? Where he would state something, I'm like, what? And I think it's just his, he likes to think out loud <laughs> during the game, and he'd kind of get himself in trouble. Well, that's the magic asking, of him. Asking dumb things to himself, but asking it to, to Jim Nance about rules or, or different things. Um, he's still very good. Don't get me wrong. I, I still think he's great. But that first snapshot of him, and now that there's more inventory out there to study, I don't find him to be as great as he was before. Still great, still unique, not as great. Hit us up on Twitter, at Outkick360. We'll continue this discussion where, uh, if you just joined us, we're going through the report uh, in the broadcasting world that Troy Aikman, we know, is with Monday Night Football now. And Fox has granted Joe Buck the ability, according to the New York Post, Fox has granted Joe Buck the ability to now open the door and negotiate with ESPN um, instead of just holding him to that final year of his contract, which would expire after next season. We'll continue this. We'll take a glance at the upcoming free agent market as well, where contract negotiations will be underway by the time we hit the air on Monday. This is Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. March Madness is here. Outkick 360 rolls on. Just some scores of interest, shall we? Scores of interest. So I'm a little behind on my. Let me refresh this because I know that there's 10 seconds left in the game. Let and me, while you're doing that, hun, let me seconds. let me say Go something ahead. about Will Wade uh, because yes. I thought about this when Dan Dockich was on with us yesterday, and he said the worst thing you can do as a basketball coach is get fired for losing. If you get fired for cheating, you will always get hired again if you won at your previous stop. And I was listening to, to Trey Wallace talk about Will Wade, and I immediately thought, how quick will this guy get hired again if he doesn't get a long show cause by some mid-major? Because he won at LSU. It, it, and it's so true. Yeah, Guys who just don't cheat and lose and lose badly oftentimes won't get a second chance. But if you cheat and win... You're going to get a second chance. And most of the time, you win. And Will Wade is going to be, I think, the next example of that, that we're going to see him get a mid-major job pretty quickly. I love how – so I apologize for stalling here. Normally, I have this ready to go. but my, Refreshment problem. Chad and I are on the same Wi-Fi, all right? Yeah. Arkansas has scored 51 points. It's, it's 51 to 39 Arkansas okay. right now. Now, I, mine said 49 
39, and I knew that was wrong. So Arkansas leads 51-39 over LSU in the second half. I may have just made a huge mistake, by the way, of trying to refresh my my scoreboard during that time. (laughs) Iowa Iowa leads by 10 over Rutgers, who is on the bubble. Iowa leads by 10, 84-74, and that game just went final. So Iowa wins and advances to the semis of the Big Ten tournament. Iowa, by the way, a team no one wants to see in the tournament. No. I'm I'm calling that one right now. I saw a bracket. I think yeah, Joe Lenardi had the bracket where it was Tennessee as a three versus Colgate as a 14, and Iowa as the six. That would be a repeat of 2019 where Tennessee had to survive Colgate, a 14 seed, and then win in overtime against Iowa in the next round. And he had the, the history repeating itself. Three years later. Iowa now advances. They get past Rutgers, who's on the bubble. And they will now face Indiana, who's on the bubble in the semis of the Big Ten tournament. Uh, we're still still to come in the, the Big Ten tournament. We have Wisconsin taking on Michigan State. That is at 630 on the Big Ten network, followed by Purdue and Penn State. Penn State uh, beating Ohio State yesterday, 71-68. And the Nittany Lions will take on Purdue in the final game of the quarterfinals of the Big Ten tournament. And the two winners there between Wisconsin, Michigan State, Purdue, Penn State play in the semis for the right to play for the championship against most likely Iowa, but maybe Indiana, who's slowly becoming all of the talk of all these conference tournaments. Hutton and David Reed's Blue Raiders of MTSU hanging tough down 47-42 at the under-12 timeout against UAB. UAB a big favorite today. And you were saying MTSU's leading scorer injured. Jefferson's out in yeah. last night's He's game. He's on crutches. Um, so um, MTSU, though, hanging tough, down five uh, with 11.55 left in that one. And I, I bring up this game only because Dylan Taylor, who's in studio with us right now, uh, who works with us here at Outkick 360, we have a little side bet going on between St. Louis and St. Bonaventure. And for the entire oh, game, my Billikens of St. Louis were ahead. <laughs> and just as we were coming back, I was about to say, Oh, look at that. Under three minutes left. St. Louis by five. It is now St. Louis by one. Here come the bodies. With a minute 36 left. 55-54 St. Louis over St. Bonaventure. A minute 36 left. The Bonnies just called a timeout. So Dylan and I are really watching that one closely right Real now. Real regional rivalry. Oh, on yeah. That one. We're big. We're big with the, with the Atlantic 10. Um, we've got free agency news galore. Starting next week. Quiet day today, shockingly, after uh, we were bombarded with news. Calm before the storm. So there's growing buzz, and uh, the, the first guy I saw put this out there was late last night. Benjamin Albright out in Denver says that the Broncos are going to be heavy in for Chandler Jones, who did not receive a franchise tag in Arizona. Um, and I know there's talk that Von Miller could return, but adding Chandler Jones to the mix there uh, would be quite the disruptive force for a defense that was already top five in total defense last year, top three in scoring defense, and now they've got Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see a Denver team that can make a splash in free agency, what they do and the pieces they add because they did not have to trade away their top three talented receivers. They believe in their young tight end, whose name I am not going to butcher. And running back, look, like it or not, dime a dozen. You can find those guys in the free agent market and not have to spend a whole lot of money for it if you're not happy with the young guy they have in place and they, they're happy there, but they want to add depth. Point being, um, Denver's in an interesting situation 
because they they can add a marquee type splash guy and they'll instantly become the LA Rams of the discussion, the all-in discussion by making the two moves, trading for Russell Wilson and whoever that guy might be. It sounds like Chandler Jones will begin negotiating with them on Monday. Chandler Jones is going to be 32. He did have 10 and a half sacks last year. We know what, three or four of them came here on opening day against the Titans who were just couldn't handle him yeah. at all. He is uh, in the eyes of – It was five, by the way. He had five. Five. Seven. So he had half of them, uh, five and a half the rest of the season. Um, I, I've read a lot of stuff that has a lot of people down on him and thinking he's a diminishing uh, guy. So it's interesting to see how he compares in their eyes. Taylor Lewan would definitely have a different opinion of to, that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, certainly on that day. I just watched uh, – when I was in Tampa, I watched The Last Dance, and episode eight of The Last Dance ends with Reggie Miller – saying about Michael Jordan in that series. They're going into the Eastern Conference Finals in 98, and he says, my mindset was, we are about to bleeping retire Michael Jordan. And then the, the dramatic music hits, and it goes to the credits, and they're about to tip off in game one. Uh, I wonder if that was Chandler Jones' mindset going into that game. It'd be interesting to see one. how he's measured against Von Miller, who clearly has an inkling to come yep. back, or maybe other younger options who, who, who are out there if they're looking to... Um, Put some flat, more flash into their pass. Well, that division is going to be incredible. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the moves being made by Chargers, Denver, to go with, I mean, the Raiders are the one on the outside looking in that they had a good team, and they're bringing back a, a good team, and they haven't really done much yet. The Chiefs, we all know about the Chiefs, you know, and the, the what, now three straight, four straight AFC Championship game appearances. Almost a, a third Super Bowl appearance this year. It's going to be a fun division to follow. I feel like it's the uh, going into last season, the NFC West was that division. Now we're going to have it be the AFC West this year because of the moves by the Rams. So the previous year. Uh, my first thing here, Hut, on the, on the free agent front, so, uh, so, uh, we always start with the quarterbacks, right? Is there another big trade coming ahead of the free agents? Doesn't uh, it feel like there has to be? Yeah. I mean, don't you feel that? Like I do. It'd be I feel more like fun if there was. I've, no, I, not even, like, I just think there's a necessity out there to make a move um, because I, I don't think all of these teams that are quarterback needy are created equal. Well, and on the free agent market, you're bidding against teams. You said like Indy. I don't know. Does Indy want to get in a bit in a bidding war with Pittsburgh over Mitchell Trubisky? Well, you know, like, the three prime trade guys are Cousins. Carr and Murray. I can't see the Raiders moving from Carr. I, I think the Raiders, you're just saying how good that division is. Are they going to take a less good quarterback in the first year of a new coach who's got to compete with three really good quarterbacks and teams? We just saw Seattle do it. Yeah, but Seattle's got an old established coach, and McDaniels is a new coach trying to establish. That's the I, exact reason why I would call Minnesota. Yeah, I could Same see. Thing. I, like, I could see cousins. There, now, there are teams who. That's a lesser. I promise you, there are division. teams right now who know they're not playoff contenders. Yeah, and Kyler they, Murray, Vegas, is, is and McDaniel's, one. they're going in thinking they're playoff contenders because they were in the playoffs. But my point is, where where are you headed? And if you're all in with Carr, who's in a final year of his deal, maybe are you headed to a, a tag year for him? Like I, I'm just. I'm trying to figure out the long-term play um, for, for Vegas and the way they're building that roster now and the way it's going to be constructed. And if Carr's not in the, in the long-term picture, 
you trade him now and get the most for him. You can get a first-round pick for him. Kyler Murray's the other one, and you've got to make a move on these guys because if you're not making a move yes. on these guys, the other guys are going to start moving. Yes. Trubisky, Winston, Fitzpatrick, Mariota, Bridgewater are, are the core of the free agent guy. How fast do they move? What kind of money are they getting? Are they viewed as, as long-term starting solutions? Is somebody going to take that kind of view of them? Are they viewed more as bridges the way we have talked about them mostly? And then are they paired ultimately with the draft pick? Um, are you, you pairing them with a, a secondary free agent type and thinking, well, we've got two options. Hopefully this guy's the main one, but uh, we have a fallback, a, another second caliber guy who's also capable of winning us games. The quarterback circle here is, is the biggest thing we've got going and it can't help but go fast because you're, you're in a race against a bunch of other teams, and there are more teams than there are quarterbacks. So we're going to find out pretty quickly, I would imagine, I think we all would imagine, who's, who's been scheming what, um, who's been scheming what there. I think the second thing for me is the money. The cap's gone up from 182.5 to 208.2. That's 25.7, which sounds – like a lot, it is a lot, right? Uh, 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 but and there are a dozen teams right now that have twenty-five million plus available. It's over two hundred for the first time ever, right? The cap. I think so. Five more teams that are sixteen plus. So you've got seventeen teams with sixteen million or more available, and we know teams are going to make moves still to free up more. Does twenty-five plus? Um, you know, lead to a feeding frenzy. I mean, some of these numbers are huge. The Colts are, are, are seventy million dollars. There should be some substantial another one. spending. Um, They're always there. Jacksonville always has a ton. Yeah, and, and, and they've got to use some of it. They got a new coach. They've got a quarterback that needs protecting. They've got quarterbacks that need a, a, attacking. They have no no threatening wide receivers for Lawrence. Yeah. Um, they've got to spend some of this money. You can't keep kicking it forward. So uh, there are dollars out there. It's not the greatest free agency list ever, but there are guys uh, out there, and there, there are always guys getting overpaid. We're going to be marveling at contracts next week, right? Undoubtedly. That much money for that guy, good for him kind of thing. Uh, I've got a third thing, and then I've got an E and a, a, a D and an E. One, two, three. D E. Okay. okay. Yeah. Age. I like I love going from numbers Age. to letters. Age. The letters are usually better. The better items. I've got a bunch of guys from 38 to 34 that you just have to wonder about. You know, at what price are guys are teams willing to take a chance on a guy? Because everybody's always talking youth and speed. But everybody generally has room for the right older guy, right? You can't be all young. What are you going to pay for Richie Incognito? No. Are you going to pay for Dwayne Brown? He's 36. Danny Amendola shredded the Titans last year. He's 36. <laughs> Steve McClendon from the Bucks are third is 36. Calais Campbell is 35. Indama Kinsu is 35. Deshaun Jackson is 35. Devin McCourty and Jason McCourty are 34. We've got some breaking news, guys. Um, the grand jury in Texas does not find enough to criminally charge Deshaun Watson. Nine accusations, none were found to be criminal. 
And Rappaport then tweets, Deshaun Watson will not face charges. His criminal matters are over. That should be it. It is trade time. And Carolina, I still think Carolina gets Deshaun Watson. I do too. I would put him at the top. I said that earlier this week. Carolina to me is more hungry for a big time quarterback than any remaining owner in elite. Who was the first to report that news? Have you seen? Uh, I'm trying to see. There's all it's like the same time. Rappaport, Schefter. I'm seeing a number of people tweet it. I think there are. Some I'm trying to retweet the right person near the courtroom. Like Chuck Sarah Barshop is probably outside the courtroom door. No, it was a local reporter that Rappaport retweeted. But um, the, the 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 big news here is if you're an NFL owner Game looking on. for a reason to trade for him, like if you're looking for odds in your favor that he plays next season if you trade for him. This is an indication that you had nine accusers go in front of a grand jury. And by the way, he pled the fifth. And whenever he was on the stand, and they didn't find enough to criminally charge. And the other 11 are not uh, making criminal complaints. They were only civil, correct? Out of the 22, there were only nine. So, not, yeah, charged. nine of the 22, 13 was all civil. So, I mean, so to, this, is, this is huge news for the offseason because this has been how quick will this get resolved in the courts where last year after the trade deadline, we were all waiting on February, February 22nd and or 23rd, somewhere around in there. And when that date came and passed and they were, we, we were detailing it in real time, how both sides were arguing whether or not they should proceed without all the depositions being done, the judge allowed these nine to go ahead and go in front of the grand jury and allowed uh, Watson, told Watson and Rusty Harden that his client would be uh, on the stand. And ultimately, he he pled the fifth on questions asked to him based on reports. And uh, it is Molly Baker Kukulich. That had the first report? Yes. Um... She is an executive producer at, uh, at KHOU, uh, one of the news stations in Houston, outside the courtroom. Grand jury does not find enough to criminally charge Deshaun Watson. So, I think that this is enough for NFL teams to start to make offers to Houston and make it real. Well, that's the number one topic. Going forward, the there was is, no clear well, cut. He's the number, number one. I mean, he's, he's the number, the number one, one guy. He's the number one player. I mean, that's yep. he is a franchise changer. But the, the, gets the civil cases remain out there and unresolved. Let's also mention that. So there's still a hesitancy, at least where I sit, to trade what has been discussed in exchange for Deshaun Watson because who knows what's coming with all this? Well, is he going to get suspended over civil cases? I think not. Not by the league. He, they, yes, he could. Well, keep in mind, I mean, the, league, too, the league is suspended for things that aren't criminal before. Keep in mind, the, the Roethlisberger, when he was suspended years ago. Not to say they would, Paul, but they could. He, he settled out of court. He settled out of court and then was suspended right after that by the league. And fast forward to now, Harden says his client, he doesn't want to settle because... In some eyes, even though it's not an admission of guilt, if you it, it's an admission of you know, no contest, however you want to look at it, um, 
they could they could say, hey, he settled out of court. This is some some type of admission that of some they deal. don't want this out. But right? what Roethlisberger settled, if I'm not mistaken, was a criminal complaint. Yes. Yeah. And what Watson would be settling is a civil complaint. Right. But I think know, if you're but a NFL, keep in mind, he, he did still, not he did not settle these cases. That's yeah. important. He could also still settle but these, these nine criminal going, cases. But these cases are dead. They're, the criminal. They're dead, but I. My point is, he didn't settle this before going in front of the grand jury. Right. That's my point. And he leaves without any charges, criminally. I, I mean, he... There was a, in the Roethlisberger deal, correct me if I'm wrong, there was a criminal complaint, and then he settled after, after the criminal complaint happened. He made it go Was away. he officially charged with it? I don't think so. It was pending. Yeah, and then he settled before but that happened. But this is no longer so pending. It's, it's this is a, gone. Yes, but my point is, it's a, the similar thing. He could still settle with the nine women who who have put down criminal charges as well as civil claims. But the, right. he doesn't have to so settle it, the criminal thing anymore because the criminal thing is gone. But he yeah. could still settle the civil part of it. Yeah, there's, but well, that's yeah, a different There's deal. not as much incentive. Yeah. I, I think if you're an owner, if you're David Tepper, look, you still have to – you're still going to take a hit from your fan base for sure. And the guy's a slimy character for sure. But he's not facing criminal charges. I think you say to your people, look – I'm uncomfortable with the things he's accused of doing, but he's not facing criminal charges. But, and, and they will. But when all this started, there were 22 civil lawsuits out there. Those remain pending. So the 22 civil lawsuits that everyone was harping on as to why the Texans and the NFL and everyone else couldn't move on it, those are still out there. But this is a significant development that a grand jury did not indict him, move forward with the indictment, to take this to a criminal trial. Of the, of the 22, nine of those were criminal charges as well, and the grand jury's not indicting him on the information presented in front of the grand jury. And didn't he have, That's significant. Didn't he have civil settlements lined up for all but, how many, two? When they was talking to Miami, when Ross wanted him to get them all cleaned up, he had settlements for all but... X number, and I thought it was a very small number, two or three. I don't know that he had the settlements. He was close to a settlement. Close with to a, settlements. With a bunch of them. For all, but he, there were a few standouts that I, he couldn't break through on. I think from the criminal versus civil this aspect of this, day. it's a huge day for this because no matter where you stand on whether or not he should play, whether or not the NFL should have stepped in last year, again, it's the civil lawsuits. They're still pending, and that's what we were all discussing last year. But from the criminal angle of this, there's not going to be a trial for these nine because the grand jury did, says there's not enough evidence to move forward there's with no it. There's no more and, criminal angle. And to me, from you know the 30,000-foot view of this, that is huge from an ownership perspective if you're looking to trade for a guy that you feel like is going to impact your organization on the field. And that's what they would be trading for. You need some type of guarantee that he's available for you that he's the Deshaun Watson of the 2019-2020 season. He's much, much more tradable right now than he was Absolutely. 10 minutes ago. We'll continue to read through uh, the reports of this and uh, give you some scoreboard updates coming up at 5 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Central. Brent Hubs of VolQuest.com joins us ahead of tip-off of Tennessee and Mississippi State. Plus, Trey Wallace is in Tampa. We'll continue to check in with him throughout today's show and Get the very latest on the entire SEC tournament as we set up what's going to be a fun weekend. Outkick 360 rolls on. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Plenty of news and headlines out there. We'll get you some college basketball scores coming up. But the news in the NFL: Deshaun Watson. Uh, will not have uh, court proceedings move forward uh, where nine criminal cases went in front of a grand jury and they declined to move those cases forward any further. They declined to indict Deshaun Watson on any criminal charges today. That opens the door for a lot of trade discussion. And reports are there will be multiple teams involved. And if I'm among these teams and just sitting here during the last commercial break thinking about this, guys, if I'm an owner like David Tepper, or uh, let's throw in Ursay because the Colts need a quarterback. I'm just mentioning guys who need quarterbacks, want franchise guys. How can you think that the league will suspend Deshaun Watson for civil cases when down in Dallas, Rick Dalrymple just settled out of court, so did the Dallas Cowboys, for a civil lawsuit, um, and there's nothing handed down whatsoever. Well, he retired, so... Again, nothing handed down whatsoever. And the, the Cowboys paid the, the cheerleaders for silence. Yeah, I, I've said all along, I thought if it went this way, they would make it virtually like time served. The self-inflicted, team-inflicted, non-suspension suspension. And that they'll let him go on. He's due $35 million salary, $35 million cap hit. Pretty reasonable for a guy well, of that's, his skill this year. But to me, that's if it's about punishment, that is... That's extremely lazy, and it only punishes the Texans who, keep in mind, the guy wasn't going to play for them anyway. And instead of being fined and being told, hey, either show up or we're going to find you $50,000 a day or whatever it was. Made out like a bandit. Instead, he got paid $10 million to do nothing. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying I think it's what they're going to do. But it's no punishment. You're calling it a punishment. It's no punishment. The Texans, for whatever reason, would be the only uh, part of this punished. If that were the case, with what the league did, with the lack of action. And I'm not, Paul, I'm not saying you can punish him right now. Like I, he, so far, everything that his side of the story has told, it's, it's hard to say, you know what, that guy's getting yeah, suspended. He misses a year of his prime that he was willing to miss in a contract dispute anyway, as, as far as we know. Now, had he not done this, um, they would have traded. He could have forced a trade, and he would have maybe missed four games uh, before things came to a head, and and he he forced that trade. Carolina, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Seattle, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis. I've got that as the prime yep. six here. I like you think Carolina would be the most aggressive. I might put New Orleans second, but they're in the biggest financial jam. And it's of, a huge everybody. Huge this salary, is, whoever in, in takes this on. But that, that's the case with trading for a guy like, like Watson. Well, and before we get to where he's going to go or get traded to or who should trade for him, all of that, I'll, I'll say this about possible punishment from the league. Um, you are innocent in a court of law until proven guilty. And right now the grand jury is saying we don't have evidence to give an indictment in this case. That is great news for Deshaun Watson and backs up his claims that he's innocent. Wholeheartedly, 
that the grand jury says this. On the flip side of that, these are 22 women alleging this. This is either the biggest conspiracy theory sham that has ever happened to a professional athlete that I've seen or something happened. Well, something, something I think something we all agree something happened. And that is, is what the Is there league, enough to prove this in front of a grand jury no, in a court of law? No. The answer is no for these these 10. So I'm That's I'm getting to that. But the league doesn't have to go by court of law. That's right. So my it point my point is here again. I'm trying to square this away, right? Deshaun Watson has been vindicated to some extent today with the nine women that filed criminal charges. No grand jury indictment. Great news for him. On the other side of that, there are 22 women claiming awful things happened with Deshaun Watson. If it were three women at the same massage place that claimed it and it was thrown out of court today, I would be quick to say, okay, there's going to be no suspension at all, nothing to see here, he's right, they're wrong, move along. 22 women makes this complicated. Because you're, if you're the league, you could still say, okay, he's not going to go to jail, but we're not idiots. Well, this, isn't, this isn't one big sham. We don't think it is. They're doing their investigation, too, right. the league is. Ten women have spoken to the league. But right? them doing so, their investigation hasn't produced much fruit because there's a, there's this was There's a lot of angles to discuss with this. No, you're we'll right. Keep, we'll keep talking There's a about lot it. left. And we need to talk about Jeff Gladney, too, and what happened to him. Brent Hub's about to join us. Then we will check in live in Tampa, SEC tournament time, where Trey Wallace is giving full coverage for OutKick. We'll preview all the games coming up this evening, starting next with Tennessee and Mississippi State.